0: Okay, so this is season two, episode three. Uh, we're joined by our former coach, Ryan DeLuca. And uh, I mean, we told you before, but the point of this podcast is to sort of just, a lot of people know you as a coach, but we want to sort of dive into like the, the athlete aspect of like when you were a runner and just like that whole, like your history with running basically and just being an athlete. Uh, with that being said though, Uh, we want to make it clear that if at any point you don't want to answer a question that's completely fine just you know tell us and uh, we'll move on so uh yeah i mean uh jonah and i did come up with some questions but we're also just going to see sort of where the conversation takes us um that's good yeah so for the first one uh i guess before running uh what was your athletic background
1: i mean growing up my parents put me into like everything I played soccer. I played basketball, played baseball. um, I played roller hockey. Um, uh, There wasn't much I didn't do, and I was always outside. I I mean, growing up, it it sounds so old to say, but growing up, when I was a kid, there were no video games or anything. We played with sticks and leaves, and (laughs) we made traps to trap squirrels in the backyard. That's what we did. Um, But I was always outside doing something, and, and soccer ended up being the big one for me, and I played that club and I mean I guess you would call it travel but up until high school and I my first high school team was in 10th grade I joined the JV soccer team oh okay. and then I played JV my 10th grade year and I played varsity my junior and senior year okay okay yeah
2: so I think I was been- always a little
1: timid in junior high so I never went out for any teams in junior high I just played excuse me outside school ball
0: did you play travel and club at the same time or or was it just like i considered the same thing it was oh okay. it wasn't one okay. or the other
1: it was yeah, we just played
0: yeah got it got it um so i mean obviously you know you you became a pretty successful track runner so uh after soccer i mean you said you started you started in 10th grade yeah and you did it every year through high school yep okay so what sort of, Jr. i'm sorry so after after that what sort of made you and what was the reason that made you switch to track?
1: Um, I mean, I never made the switch to track. I played soccer all the way through, but the reason I went on to college to, to run was because I ended up being really good at it. But uh, the only reason I ever went out for track was because my friends all did it. So oh, okay. they eventually convinced me like, so coach Shane was the head coach of the track team when I was age, I think all three years that I was in the school, but um, my sophomore or my junior year and my friends all convinced me we'll come out because all we do is play basketball we run like once or twice a week and we play because right where so where the weight room is now that was outside when i was in high school and there was an outdoor basketball court there so we would go out and we play basketball so that's what i did i went out to the team we played basketball um it was i believe it was winter track and i went to one meet and i ran it was at Stony Brook, so the track was like a hundred and eighty meters or something like that. Now, I I didn't know heads or tails of anything that I was doing or what was going on at this place. I walked yeah. into this basically like walking into another country. No one told me anything. No one, and they made me run. I think the fifty five and the and the three hundred. I don't even remember. But I ran. I remember running two races, and then I was like, "This is stupid," and I never went back again. And then spring season came around, and the distance coach happened to be my JV soccer coach from the tenth grade year. Okay. Well, um, we were set to go to a dual meet, and I I always wore like the big clunky basketball shoes to school. I didn't have running shoes. I didn't do that, and I was supposed to go to this meet. And Coach Shane grabbed me in the hallway. He goes, "You're coming today, right?" I said, "Come where?" <laughs> he goes, "To the meet. We have a meet." I said, I can't run in these. He goes, well, find shoes because you're coming. So my brother, who is a half a size smaller than me, gave me his shoes and he took my gigantic boots and, and I went to the meet. They stuck me. Oh, I got on the bus and I said, so I'm running the 100 and the 200, right? He goes, no, you're going to run the 400 and then you're going to run the four by four. I said, Fuck no, I'm not going. <laughs> and he go, so he, he told me, no, OK, you'll run the one and the two. And I got on the bus. Well, I didn't run the one and the two. They stuck me in the four. I ran a, in the open, I won it and ran 55. And then they made me come back on the relay and I ran 55 again. And that's when the distance coach, um, Coach Visecchio grabbed me and goes, so you're done running with the sprinters. And the next day, I believe it was, he grabbed me and brought me to the outdoor Stony Brook track to do a workout with um, then senior Reed Mauser, who ended up being the state champ that year in the thousand and made me do like cruise intervals with him. So like he was doing, I, th- I couldn't tell you what the workout was, but I just know I was doing bits and pieces of whatever he was doing. So a couple twos, a couple fours when he was going, like I'd go two and he was going four and I'd go four when he was going eight. Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And I just remember at the, whatever my last interval was falling down on the grass afterwards, like just wanting to die and the coach going, Oh man, you're going to be good at this. And I always <laughs> tell my friend, I goes, this guy's fucking crazy. I just ran as hard as I could. I couldn't even keep up with that guy. <laughs> so it was an interesting beginning to track. Yeah,
0: it's definitely not traditional. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, uh, sorry to, if you, I don't remember if you said this, but was that your sophomore year? That
1: was my junior year.
0: That was junior year. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, you know, it took some time for you to realize, like, you could be good at it, you know?
1: I all the way through high school, didn't realize how good I ended up actually being. It wasn't until yeah. I started really coaching that I realized what I did in high school and how cool it actually was.
0: Okay, okay. Like,
1: no, I didn't ever get information about the sport. My coach is just, I, I just trusted him. I would have ran through a wall if he told me to run through a wall. It was one of those instances where I just liked getting on the line and competing and yeah. times meant nothing to me he told me i ran 155 in in an 800 i was like cool isn't that what people do in the 800 then yeah yeah. so it didn't make none of the times meant anything to me so i took for granted a lot high school track
0: okay okay. i
1: wish i knew what i knew now going when i was there and i I feel like i would have appreciated it a lot more
2: yeah okay yeah because anthony and i were saying before we were like we were just thinking to ourselves, like, what kid on Long Island is running 152 nowadays? Like, that's just not a normal thing that people do in the Northeast, at least, you know? It's just like, you know, you were definitely a crazy runner back in the day. And just, uh, you just had that, like, I mean, what, running 55 in your very first meet? Like, that's that's crazy. Like, I, I, I don't know. but
1: yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, I still remember the first 800 I ran. It was, uh, I believe it was at St. Anthony's. I could, be, I could be wrong about that because I don't really remember the venue, but I just remember him saying run with the leader and then try and beat him. <laughs> I got out awful because I'd never started an individual race before in a big meet. And so all these guys are on this line and I'm standing there, I get out in last place. Well, 50 meters in, I, he told me get on the leader. So I pop to the outside and sprint up past about 15 guys and get on the leader. And I, I sit on him, and then I ended up running 159 in my first open eight. I think I came in, like, fourth. I, was like, I said, Coach, that's a stupid plan. <laughs> <laughs> that was really stupid. Why would I do that? <laughs> he goes, well, you started poorly, so no, you shouldn't have done it. I was like, well, that makes more sense.
0: But um, so, uh, so was that, I'm guessing, that was spring, like, after you ran the 255-400s? Correct. Yeah. Okay, okay. And that same year, I mean, did you, did you make it to States that year? Cause I mean, that's a pretty good time for your first 800.
1: We, um, I didn't get to run too many open races that year. He, he put me on the relay just to kind of break me in. Okay. Um, but there was a kid, uh, his name was Keldon Walker. He ran for Bayshore. He was a one fifty five guy and there was no, I don't think there was any way I was running with him in an individual. Okay. And I think he knew that. So, um, my bright moment, excuse me, that year was at the county championships. I was the anchor leg of the four by eight, and they gave me the stick with the lead. And all I remember saying to myself for the first two hundred meters is, "I can't, I can't fuck this up. <laughs> don't, don't let anybody pass." And this kid, this kid, Keldon Walker, he must have been like six foot, uh, buck eighty. I just, at least that's what it seemed to me when I was five ten, one thirty five, dripping wet and uh, you get this kid just breathing on my neck after about 300 meters. Just,
0: oh God. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it was, it was nerve wracking, but I get around the 600 meter mark. And as I'm coming off the last turn, the official with a face, just like, you, you broke him. <laughs> he said, I remember, I'll never forget it. You broke him is what he told me. And so I, I didn't know what that meant <laughs> at the time, yeah, yeah. no idea, but I finished the race and we won. And even one of my teammates, his name is Pat Zumo, yeah, he looked at me and goes, dude, when he was on you, I said, well, it's over. I cannot believe what you just did. And and that was kind of the turning point for me. That's when I realized, like, just from, from my, my peers and my coach telling me, like, the guy you just held off is going to go to the state championships. I was like, oh, cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so after that race, was there any sort of contemplating going to cross country or were you like, no, I'm I'm a soccer guy?
1: Um. So... The distance coach actually told me, "Listen, just go play soccer." Okay. Goes, There's, I don't know if he he didn't even think about it or he was just like, "That's where I'm comfortable, so I'll I'll do a lot of running there and I'll enjoy it." But I was I was a team captain, so it was one of those I couldn't leave the team okay. to go do something yeah. I've never done before. Okay, like, and again, this is one of those instances instances where if I knew now with them what I know now, I would have switched in a heartbeat. Just oh, really? to see What I could have yeah, just to see what I could have done in cross country and and see how that would have impacted my ability. Maybe, I, and he's my other coach has always said he would if he could go back he would have made me a miler, mm-hmm. just because the one real competitive mile race I ran I ran four twenty, but yeah, he, he goes you you definitely have the speed to be a decent eight hundred meter runner, but he goes you really would have thrived. He, he thinks, and I I don't know he, maybe he's just shooting hot air at my ass, but. He always said that I, I probably could have ran like four or five, four flat in a mile in high school.
0: It's pretty cool yeah, to think uh, about, but
2: yeah, it's yeah. one of those, like I really wish I could go back and try that again. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think if you had the 152 speed, like you had that raw speed. I mean, I definitely think that if you train like a miler, it's definitely possible that's, that's, uh, that's a crazy goal to think of as a high schooler. But I mean, for you, that, that, that definitely sounded like a possibility for sure. Yeah. And um, like, I guess a follow-up question would be like, um, you know, you had that raw talent, but what kind of like took you to that next level? Was it just like training more or training longer? Was it like any specific workouts or like a mix of everything or?
1: So I was one of those lazy guys that didn't run on days where we didn't have practice. And, but when we were at practice, I worked 110%, no matter what. Um, I think the thing that I had going for me was that I truly enjoyed the competition it never really made me nervous and I didn't and again the not knowing anything played into my favor where I never had a reason to be nervous because I'm just getting on a line with some guys who run good luck beating me type of deal yeah that's how I felt about it um so I don't know that I have a good answer for that other than I worked really hard in practice and I, I I think I mean Physically, I must have some kind of benefit to the way my body either pumps blood, the number of fast twitch fibers I had, my ability to move lactic acid. I must have had some kind of advantage in one of those areas that made me as good as I was, I
0: guess. It is is interesting, though, that you say that not knowing really anything about track played in your favor, because, I mean, I remember being, it was like, freshman, sophomore, whatever. And, uh, getting on specifically, there was a race at St. Anthony's, it was the 800. And I just remember being scared shitless because, you know, I, 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 you know, what, I mean, obviously I was new to the sport still and young, but I, I mean, I watched guys older than me. I, I wasn't at the top yet. So I knew, you know, I knew like this could go bad. So, you know, like, no, it's true though. But it, it's really interesting that the fact that you were at the top and sort of had the mindset of, or not even the mindset, just the the not having the knowledge of track enough to know that you were that good and being so competitive, just it, it sounds like the perfect formula to win. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I don't disagree. I, I, I yeah. think had I known a lot more and had I been more conscious of what times meant and who other guys were and the fact that, I'm vying for a spot against those guys. I think it probably would have been slightly different, but the the competition is what drove me. Like that's, that's the reason I really bought into the sport was getting on the line and getting that adrenaline rush and, and being involved in the, in the strategy of each race and seeing guys over and over again and laughing as you beat their ass over and over again. And it was fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, just to sort of, I guess, keep the ball rolling here uh obviously you know you have the school record in the 800 (laughs) um and you've told me and Jonah that story I think a couple times but uh I mean can you can you tell that story (laughs) like how what the record story yeah the record story like yeah so
1: when I was in school we the at the state qualifier outdoors, there was a trial and final for the four by eight. And it was a two day meet where day one, you'd run the trials and then day two, you'd come back and run the finals. And I think it was like two heats of eight, bringing back four from each race, I believe it was. Okay. And at the time I was in conversation with Kentucky and Maryland and Connecticut and a bunch of different schools. And they'd given me lists of times to hit, to get scholarships. Um the two weeks prior was the or the week prior was the division championships. And and we knew that I wasn't really running for time at that meet because I was running the eight, the 16, the four by four, and the four by eight. And again, yes. that was a two-day meet as well. So it was it was possible to do those things. But um leading into that week, he told me my coach that was said, this is this the prelims is your race. That's we're going for time. You're you're looking for your scholarship. That's mm-hmm. where it is. So I knew well before we stepped on the line that I'm going after this race. And um, yeah. so now it being a prelim, most guys aren't really pushing the pace. So I was gone a hundred meters into the race. I was already out to a huge lead. So I ran the whole thing alone, but uh, if I remember correctly, I went through in something like, somewhere around 50, 52 to 54 and came back oh, okay. somewhere between 58 and 60.
2: But yeah, it, you,
1: okay. So it was an interesting, interesting, um, race to run on my own, but I knew that I had to run fast for the first lap and do my best to hold on for the last 200 meters. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I did, that was awesome. It was, just, it was a really cool feeling stepping through the line and seeing the clock read one fifty two eighty five or whatever the heck it was. Yeah. But, um uh, <laughs> the rest of the guys in the race were like, dude, what are you doing? This is the <laughs> I said, listen, I need a scholarship.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm going
1: to Suffolk.
2: <laughs> that's that must have been so awesome.
0: <laughs>
2: what ended I up been, in, the, in the finals? Oh yeah, you con- oh, yeah, sorry, you just continue. Uh, so
1: yeah. it also goes back to I again that 152 that meant as much to me as 155. It was just time that I didn't understand the magnification of it. It was I was like, okay, cool. I get a I get the school record. That was easy. Yeah, type of thing. I mean,
0: was there because at that point you've had that's now your second year of track. Uh, I'm assuming you did winter track that year too, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is my senior year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you've had now three seasons of track under your belt, right? Yep. So you you must have had some sort of clue, right? That it was...
1: I knew that I was good, and I knew that that my times were fast, but still, like, I didn't know how fast that actually was.
0: Yeah. Does that that make sense? Yeah, you didn't know that... For some people like they will never that's out
1: that. of their realm of possibility yeah mm-hmm. correct i thought okay. that i'm doing something that anybody could do if they worked really hard
0: yeah mm-hmm. interesting yeah uh and uh, i noticed prior to that uh to that story you said that you had sort of um what's the word uh you had scholarship times from different colleges Mm-hmm. So what, what was in high school, what was the recruiting process like, and what, when did you decide, you know, I want to go to college and run track?
1: So I was like a, a C or B minus student. Mm-hmm. I hated academics. I didn't enjoy doing homework. I liked, I loved being in school because I liked being with my classmates and I enjoyed being in class. I, I don't think I ever missed class, not even for like senior skip days and stuff. Cause I, I genuinely enjoyed being there. Mm-hmm but I didn't like busy work. I didn't like studying, none of that stuff. So I didn't do any of that, but um, it was interesting because I was super lucky to have a dad that was really on top of things. And when he realized how good I was, he started sending emails to coaches for me, Kentucky, Maryland, Connecticut. He did a lot of that stuff for me and they started reaching out and he told them, my son's been running for less than a year and these are the times he's running and his coach thinks these are the possibilities and he would really like to run in college and this and that. And then the correspondence switched over to them and me and I got a lot of phone calls and Coach Gondak, when he was at Kentucky at the time, would call me once a week, sometimes more just to check in and see how I'm doing. It was a, it was a cool process, but the, uh, the official visits were the part that really sold me. On, okay. on getting to run college, okay, getting to actually go to the campuses, and, and see what the athletes get to do during the day, and, and see the facilities that they run at, and, and the cool merchandise that they get constantly, and it, it was, that's the really, the point that where I was like, yeah, yeah, I need to do this.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's, uh, at what point did you decide you wanted to go to Kentucky?
1: I knew right away, as soon as I got there,
0: okay, it was one of those uh, well, moments
1: where, like, I was walking around the campus, and just the feeling you got from being there and, and okay. the, the way the team uh, interacted. And it was like, yeah, this this is an awesome place to go.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Jonah, you had, you had started to ask me a question, I think right before the state call. I didn't want to blow you off. What, what was the question? Yeah,
2: no. Um, I mean, you had such a great prelim race running 152. Did you? you I'm assuming you ran in the finals for that as well, right?
1: Um, so I just sat and kicked. In that race, because we had the four by eight coming up after that, but um, I felt awful in that race. And that the the, the finals of the four, the of the open eight was the first time that I ever had a, a negative thought within a race, like "Oh crap, I might not, I might not make it." Yeah, uh, it was it was somewhere between 400 and 600 meters where I was sitting in like fourth or fifth, and I just felt like I had nothing. I was completely drained from the race the day before. And we got, we got to the point where we're at the top of the turn and getting into about 150 meters left. And I just, I, I kind of buckled down and said, I, I have to do something to, I can't, I can't fall apart here. And I I gritted my teeth and I opened up my arms and I literally just drove my arms as hard as I could and, and took the lead there to try and, and not, I, I guess, to try and intimidate the rest of the field because of who I was. And the fact that I had run 152, like put myself out in front of them and hope, hope they didn't try and either pass me or go with me. And, um, I was able to hold on and and I ended up winning that race, but that was the first time I ever felt like, wow, that was close. And and my coach even said something to me after I, like I, I laid down in our tent, um, after the race and I, I must've looked awful. Cause he goes, you didn't feel good that time. Did you? I said, coach, I I can't believe I won. I go, I don't know how I'm going to run the relay. But I ended up coming back in the relay. We, we ran 7.57 that oh day. Oh, really? Yeah, I ran 152 low again on the, end, on the back end of the relay. And we, we, we lost. We didn't even win. We lost to Northport by about three seconds. Jeez. Yeah. Northport
2: must have had some team as well. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, they, had a, they had three guys that were going just under two minutes.
0: Wow. Yeah. So then that fourth guy must have been, like, way lower. So it was like 2.05, I think. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you said that that was the first time that you sort of felt like you wouldn't be able to do it. So that means you were probably like you had a pretty positive mindset over the whole course of your high school career, right? And
1: I think this goes back to not really knowing anything. It's like I never had anything okay. to worry about because I didn't yeah. worry about
0: anything. Yeah, that makes sense. And how did that differ once you started competing in college?
1: So. I'm not real, like, high on my experience running in college, because I, mm-hmm. think, I think my coaches took for granted the fact that most people who came to them on scholarship had run for three or four years. Oh, I knew nothing, and I went to college knowing nothing, and they treated me like I knew everything, so my summer training was was pathetic, to say the best, going into my freshman year, because they literally just sent me index cards with blank lines with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And they just said, just send us what whatever mileage you ran. I was like, that's it. I could run whatever I want. Well, I didn't run much. (laughs) I was like, I didn't run much before my senior year. So why am I going to change what I'm doing?
0: Yeah. And
1: the the only tips they they really put out there were your mileage should be around six minute pace. That meant nothing to me. Nothing. We never did anything at any type of pace that I ever knew of. And we just went out for runs in high school and go do this run. And whenever you're done, you're done type of deal. Yeah. I I didn't understand any of that type of pacing. Um, And then even in college, he just kind of threw me into a mix of guys. Now, looking back, the guys in my group were so different in every different way. Like there are guys who should have never been doing the type of speed that I should have been doing. And I should have never been doing the mileage that some of those other guys should have been doing. But they just kind of grouped us together. And, and it, was, it was rough. It was rough. Interesting, so, yeah. Running-wise, again, not knowing at the time, it meant nothing to me. So I didn't really see a positive or a negative out of anything. But I got hurt several times. I, I think I made it through like three seasons healthy. So it was, it was really, really tough
0: would you sort of attribute the getting injured to having too high of mileage for a runner like yourself?
1: Um, A combination of having not done any mileage or very low mileage over the summer, jumping into very high mileage. Yes.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I think my first week of practice, we were close to 45 or 50 miles. I hadn't done that ever. Okay. I don't think I ever touched 45 miles in high school. I I may have never even touched forty miles in high school.
0: So. I mean, and that's uh that's pretty similar to uh you know what we did at least. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the way that that kind of plays into my philosophy on as a freshman, just kind of coast through the season and and learn about the team and what events you like to run, and then. You move the mileage up a little bit your sophomore year, and a little bit more your junior year, and then you're at your best or highest mileage as a senior.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Uh Jonah, did you say something? Were you saying something before?
2: No, no, no. Yeah. I was. No, okay. I wasn't that. So.
0: Never mind, man. Uh, so back to you. I mean, we only have ten minutes left, so I want to sort of just get through as much as we can. Uh, so back to you, running in college. Uh, I mean, obviously, you just said it wasn't the best experience for you but what how was it sort of like I guess was it in a way like obviously it was different from high school but what aspects of it were different from high school like it just throughout all of the years and like that can go into racing that can go into your mindset that can go into obviously you talk about the coaching and like the the uh, pace run pacing runs a little bit but uh Maybe expand on that a little bit.
1: I mean, everything for me was
0: different. Like
1: it became it became more like a job, and I and a lot of my passion for the sport disappeared over the three years that I was there, just because it was uh, you. You need to live, eat, breathe, sleep this, and the coaches didn't differentiate based on the athlete at all, and that really got me. And now I didn't understand it at the time. Again, but um, I know they. They no longer coach the way they did when I was there, and it shows that Gondek has been like uh, uh, Pac-10 Coach of the Year several times over at Penn State now. But um, I mean, I, I don't I, I probably only raced a handful of times in college. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't race very often. I think I I may have raced ten times total. That's cross country and track. I missed a lot of seasons because of injury. My blew up my Achilles. Um, I, I ended up with some kind of hip issue. And that's what ended up getting me to stop altogether. I would run and practice in the next morning, not be able to walk to class because the pain was so bad, get to practice and warm up. And as I was running, the pain would dissipate, but then come back uh, tenfold by the next morning. And yeah. um, they just started telling me I had a, a sports hernia or this and that. And they never really diagnosed it. Well, my mom brought me home and sent me to a specialist and this guy took x-rays and MRIs and told me something was wrong with the way my hips were built. And Mm -hmm. I have bone rubbing on bone and it's all the running I've been doing had been like wearing it down. And he goes, you're not doing damage. Like you're never going to be to the point where you you can't physically move, but you continue running the way you run, then you're just going to have to deal with the pain. I was like, well, that that's not, not worth it <laughs> I'm, I'm yes. miserable I am absolutely miserable not walking around and um I don't know if that's attributed to just the way my body's built if it's the way I was poorly trained in college if it was my lack of discipline and running over the summer I'll never know but okay. I know this didn't really answer your question but I didn't really understand your question <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, okay. the, the um, biggest
1: and one of the biggest differences is I went from being one of the best guys around mm-hmm. to being one of the weakest guys on the team, and I wasn't I wasn't directed the way I was in high school, like where my coach is telling me these are the things I need to try and do. These are the things I should try in races, um, yeah get, getting any positive reinforcement that that there was none of that in high school, in college. He never told me, he never gave me a race strategy. He never told me I was doing well. He never, never boosted my confidence in any way. So I was a small fish in a big sea with, with very little knowledge of the sea and just sent off to do what everybody else was trying to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I found
1: it very frustrating.
0: Yeah. That definitely sounds like it could be frustrating Just sort of not, not expecting that and then getting thrown into that. Yeah. um what did you end up what were? what did you end up running time-wise in college yeah
1: my eight never got any faster I ran 152 again but I sat okay. there um my mile went down to I know I ran a 412 I think I ran a 410 on a relay in a DMR
0: wow oh, okay okay yeah. which yeah.
1: I, I, I truly believe I would have ran that in high school had
0: I actually done it yeah yeah I was, I was about to actually comment on that your coach in high school is probably right about that yeah, um, I think
1: I think that's pretty accurate.
0: And just because we have four minutes left or close to five minutes, I'm kind of skipping through some questions a little bit, but uh oh, sort of I have a question. Yeah, yes.
1: what's well, okay, I have two? Number one, what made the two of you guys give up on that gap year?
2: <laughs> you want to know what it was <laughs> that is actually a great question that we have not publicly addressed at all. I would I actually... like to know
1: because I thought it was a great idea.
2: Yeah, you can go first, Anthony.
0: So Okay. I asked, this is going to sound so dick. Okay. (laughs) I asked, I asked you and Mr. Leibowitz what you think the smart decision was regarding college. And, uh, you told me to go to college. (laughs) That's why you gave up on it. It's not why I gave up. Well, it was the biggest factor that made me, cause I was already, obviously I had doubts, but I was really like, going towards the gap year. And my parents, I didn't want to listen to my parents because what teenager wants to listen to their parents? And uh, obviously you and uh, Coach Leibovitz were like one of the biggest influences in my life. So I just, I asked you guys, what would you do basically? And then you kind of told me. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think for me, it was something. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. It says my internet connection is unstable or something. But for me, it was kind of like, I couldn't I couldn't find a way to defer... My like scholarship or something. So I like kind of had to go to college or just like have to pay full price the next year. And also, it was something like being a full year behind like everyone else kind of like didn't really sit well in my mind as much as good as the gap year sounded. And like both of those factors together were kind of like, yeah, as good as it sounds like. And my parents were being realistic. They're like, you know, you could always do this like in the middle or at the end of college. Like, but I mean, that kind of ruins the. Part of our goal was to be like you know to be good enough to to run on a Division One team, so I mean, but I'm I I think Anthony and I have, have talked about it. You know, we we definitely want to get out um somewhere out west or just go for like a, a nice trip where we can run at altitude or just run somewhere famous like in Oregon or something like that. So yeah,
0: yeah. definitely still gonna do it. Just yeah, definitely still gonna do it in some <laughs> yeah.
2: in some shape yeah. or form. Yeah. the 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 ambition is still there to just like take a van and just like go train and just like. Just be, you know. I, I think that's <laughs> really cool. It's a yeah. great
1: idea. Um, yeah. And just a comment on on something you said, uh, Jonah, is that going forward, you're never you're never going to look at age and being a year behind as a thing anymore. It 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 really disappears, especially once you're at a college. Everybody, it doesn't matter what age you are. You're in the same boat. You're all just looking to provide for yourself and your family and and experience life. So. If you can if there's one thing you could do at this point it's forget that age thing now and just understand that you, you and me we're not that different anymore you're not a high school kid anymore it's, you're you're now looking to 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 broaden your knowledge to get into your career and one day you'll probably try and start a family and 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 hopefully you do because you're a really good guy and i'm sure you'll make a really good dad too but, oh, thank you
2: very uh, much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I learned, of, uh, I learned a lot of what I know as an athlete from, from you. So, yeah, I can't thank you enough for that. I'm sure Anthony agrees. But uh, Yeah, yeah. I, no. thought, I thought that was such a weird coincidence that Gondak was the coach at Kentucky for DeLuca and now is, that, <laughs> is the future coach for Anthony. So that's, that's a very – <laughs> I sure statement. hope so. And now yeah. I have
1: one more question, and that is uh, I watched that, the video of your race, the mile. Yeah. yeah. What made you take the lead on lap two?
0: I uh I actually I kinda don't really know. I just sort of figured like if I want to run fast, I have to run fast. And I I was there in the moment. I didn't think twice about it. And before I knew it, I was in the lead.
1: Good. What's your strategy? Because I know you're running the mile again this weekend. I hope it's yeah. different than that.
0: I uh <laughs> I'm going to I actually it is. I'm gonna sit and then lap uh lap five and six. Probably more of lap six. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push a little harder and then I'm going to try and win, hopefully. Uh,
1: see where you're at at the half. Make a decision okay. there. If it's too slow, mm-hmm. go for it there. But if you're still sitting at a good time and, and your splits are, are even for the first two co- or two halves. Got it. And then uh, if you're going too slow at the half mile, make your move to the lead there. But if the pace is right, then I, I think you're right. Sit until lap six or seven and then hammer home
0: got it thank you yeah yeah
1: i mean I, what is your expectation because i mean i i'm gonna be quite blunt i don't think you're ready to run anything faster than like 425
0: that was my expectation okay yeah uh, my expectation was to see where i could get in the 420s okay so yeah that i think that's uh based off the last race and uh based off just i guess the way i feel I do think sub 430 is more than possible.
2: Um, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it just—it's all about sort of uh, wanting it, really. At this point. Um, yeah. Was, what's that? I said good luck. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, wait, was it you that said you had one more question for Jonah, or Jonah that said we had one
2: more? I question? Uh, yeah, we had one How more well? question that we that we both brainstormed. It was, um, yes. I guess. I guess now being a coach, how is that, uh, I guess it's, it's a two-part question. One, how has being a coach changed your perspective on the sport? And two, what are some goals for like uh, ward level track in this upcoming track season? Uh, I missed the second half. My wife is scolding my son. Oh yeah. Um, honestly, <laughs> just answer the first, the first part of the question and then we'll, we'll get to the second part later.
1: So what has, what has helped shape my coaching? Is that what you asked?
2: Uh, I guess what has helped shape your coaching and like how is like coaching like change your perspective on the sport from like being an athlete to like transitioning to a coach?
1: Oh, it's changed my, my perspective has changed immensely like that not everybody can be well, everybody can be great in their own manner, but not everybody can be great on a big stage. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And about training and racing and enjoying the sport that without having the expectation that you have to be the best on the track to enjoy and be great at it. And getting that into kids' heads is very difficult. And it's been an interesting way or an interesting journey for me in in trying to shape that. Because I think I've gone from a coach who just kind of took everybody on the team just because I, did, I wanted – everybody to enjoy physical activity to really shaping the team to be a varsity team because there are so many guys that no matter how good they, they are on a, on a big scale, they work their butts off to try and improve. And I think it does a, a disservice to them to allow the guys who just kind of goof around and come out just because it's it's something and they can get credit for being on a, on a team yeah. to be there. So for me, the, the coach made this sport even more prominent for me. And I think I, I love this sport more now than I did when I was running. Like, and seeing guys like, like you, uh, the two of you and Andrew and Robbie, grow from, from these little tiny freshmen who have no idea what's going on into collegiate athletes and guys who just truly love running and everything about the sport was really cool. It's really cool to be part of. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I like, and then I've said this to, to Anthony before, and I'm, I'm sure I've said it to you, Jonah. Like, you're the group that I'll remember forever as a coach. Right? No matter where I go as a coach, if, if I one to end up in a collegiate team or if I move around to another state, and like, you're the group that I will always have the same expectations for all my future athletes to be really good people, to really buy in to work your butts off no matter how good or how bad you actually are and, and, and to really just become really good people like that. If, if you walk out of, of my program as a good person or a better person than you were when you started, then I think I did a good job. And that's what, that's really what this sport is all about.
2: Yeah. I think you definitely did a great job of, uh, you know, prior, prioritizing, you know, a work ethic above all else, you know, regardless of, of talent, and, uh, you know, that was really important to, I think, both of our success, you know, on and off the track um, in everything we do. So, yeah, I can't thank you enough for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have
0: you have said it before. I mean, uh, if uh, you, you want to teach people, you've said that you want to teach people to be better people. Yeah. So I think that's that's a philosophy uh, that, you know, a lot of coaches don't have. So that's that's, I think, speaks worlds about you as a coach. Thank you. And what was oh.
2: part? Yeah, part two. Also, before before we go on to that, I love I love what you said about um like not everyone can be great at a high level, but it's just about like being great um in the bounds of like yourself and stuff like that. Because I think I at least for me recently, it's like it's been a lot of like changing my goals um around running more to more towards like because I've had a lot of injuries, so like getting to actually run pain free has just been the goal for so long that I've like <laughs> like thinking about like running like d1 or even being a good club runner has been like such a such a distant uh kind of goal for me so i think i think there's there's definitely levels to like how you like conceptualize like what is what is like a big goal in track and uh just like how you enjoy the sport so i think it's really important for just anyone watching that like um you can enjoy the sport regardless of whether you're achieving a lot or not achieving a lot i think it's if, if you're achieving you know um you're working every day and you're, you're trying your best I think that's the most you can ask for um so yeah and then I guess the second part to that question was what are some goals for the team as a whole or anyone on the team you want to call out um in this winter track season and then next uh spring track season
1: uh I, I think one of the big goals that we we accomplished we, we qualified for the Mulrose games in both the 4 by 4 and the 4 by 8 which was a really cool feat um it's something that's that I've actually never been to the Millrose Games, so this is something i have I'm really excited about, and, and I think we have an opportunity to do some really cool things. Just because I, I know I know COVID plays is an issue into this, but there's five teams in the race, and we got a shot to beat Huntington in the four by four. I think that would be really cool to do um, on a big scale. I'd like to send a relay and at least an individual up to the state championships, if not both the four by eight and the four by four, as well as Julian in the six. Um, but it's Take it's going to take some big efforts, and we we are in a situation where we have seven guys who are going to run two relays, and one's going to run individually, and uh, one guy being being Christian Powell is actually sacrificing running an individual event to try and run a hard double in the four x four trials and the four x four four by four finals. But we have the time in the four x four to go. We just need to finish in the top two. Um, the four by eight is is it seems like the time is way out of reach. And I'm, I'm, I was actually talking to coach Young's about it today. And we're surprised that the time hasn't been adjusted based on what teams have been running. Um, the qualifying time is eight Oh five. And I don't think anybody in Suffolk County is going to run that this season. So it's going to come down to who wins the race at the state qualifying meet. And I know that we've run an 819, and the next best time right now is an 828 by hunting uh, by Northport, but, Everybody knows Coach Strom does a great job getting his guys up to go, and, and they're going to be right up our butts if not in front of us come the state qualifying meet. So it's going to take some big efforts to, to send two relays up.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes uh, sense.
1: Guys, Our guys are bought in. They're, they've been working their butts off. We had a great workout today with the 4 by 8 guys, and um, we're going Good. to come back tomorrow with the 4 by 4 guys, and they're doing everything the right way. As long as we, we stay healthy and, and we keep training and keep our minds right, I think we have a really good shot to send both relays and and, and an
0: individual. That's a uh, it's gotta be pretty cool to say.
1: Everybody <laughs> I mean cross my fingers that I'm not jinxing us, but uh, I, I think this is a really good group and they've they learned a lot of what they know from you guys and the tone is set and, and they come to work every day for the most part, but I. Uh, the only thing that's gonna stop us is
0: us at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. Um, does anyone have anything else they want to say or ask? I miss you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I miss you guys a lot too. <laughs> <Trust> yeah. <me. laughs> we're uh, um, we're short on buyers. You guys come back
1: for an extra year of eligibility. Help us out.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> As right, well, break- um,
1: though i i don't i have no idea we're we're going to be losing two big pieces in the nicholson's they go back to track or they go back to uh lacrosse which is sad to say But this is a, my last season getting to coach those guys but um we'll figure something out yeah and so we, we'll make do we got we got some handful of good guys that, that'll that step up and put us in a place where we
0: can continue to have success good good that's good to hear Yep. all right well um I guess, I guess this is it. Yeah. Is, uh, pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you
2: so much for coming on. I wish you and the, the team the best of luck in the, uh, the Milrose games. That's, that's really awesome that you have the opportunity to run there. So
1: yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, if you guys are free and you want to go, I got a, a link that I can get 15% off tickets if we get 10 or more tickets. So if you guys have friends that want to go, including guys on my team. If you're listening and you're not running at ocean breeze, if you want to go talk to these two and maybe we could put something together where I can get you guys 15% off a group of 10 tickets.
2: Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What weekend is that by any chance? That is not this weekend, but the
1: following it's uh, the 29th. Okay. There's going to be some races there. I know the, the Olympic record holder and world record holder and the shots going to be there. There's going to be
2: some real fast races in terms of the three K and and the 800 well, is looking really stacked. I was looking at the start list for that, too. Yeah. To yeah. be
0: completely honest, every race there is completely stacked. Yeah. It's <laughs> going to be crazy.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess we'll end it here. Once again, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. It was, uh, it was good talking to you.
1: You too, bud. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Yeah, good luck, thank Anthony.
0: You. Thank you. Bye. Okay.